everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Saturday, May 14th, at just before noon, 11.59 a.m. Um, in 2022. I've been a little bit away from uh, doing quick cast, podcast, whatever you want to say, but thought I would give a little attention to things because there's a couple stories that have gotten the attention of Purdue fans on Twitter and other places that I just wanted to sound off about, and I don't know any more than you do about them. Uh, but what I do know uh, doesn't <laughs> – this isn't like the most positive set of topics um, for Purdue fans here, but I thought I'd address them. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Uh, head over there for some, uh, some Purdue classic T-shirts, soft, nice stuff. Uh, of course, AJ's, edajs.com. And then um, Gridiron Metalworks. Their store is still not open. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe they're waiting until the fall now at this point. But Gridiron Metalworks is still a good partner for us. Um, and, I, and I'd like to mention their name just because um, they've been great to us. So I wanted to mention uh, gridironmetal.com. I believe their website actually may have changed. Uh, or maybe they own two website uh, URLs now. Gridironmetal.com. Um, enter Boiled at checkout at, uh, at Martin Vintage uh, for 15% off. Gridiron Metal. You can't check out anything right now, uh, especially for Purdue. I didn't scour the whole website, but you couldn't buy anything right now. Their store's still not open. Let me get to the, the couple of things, the reason for concern, whatever you want to say. First one, um, uh, Rick Bozich from uh, WDRB. Um, he's a... Uh, He's a writer, and he uh, he wrote a story that was just kind of reacting to a Jeff Brom uh, fundraiser. It looks like a golf outing, not not different from what I did last year. I got to uh, in the summer uh, go with the uh, with Mike at PU Falls Cities. He invited me down there and um, played some golf with Oscar Brom. Oscar's a great guy. Oscar's actually in the frame if you watch the video that's attached to the WDRB. Um, I think that's the right. Uh, television station, but um, he's in the frame listening to his son answer a question about the possibility of Jeff going to Louisville if it ever came up again. I complain often that Jeff Brom doesn't give us a bunch of honesty when he's in front of media types. Well, he really wasn't in front of media types. This wasn't a press conference. This was just a fundraiser. He's in his Purdue gear, if you haven't seen it. Um, And I would say if you're a Purdue fan, it didn't make you feel great. Um, but also I think it was Jeff being honest. Um, he mentioned that, um, the possibility, he can't say that it's never going to be a, it's not going to be a possibility for him to end up in Louisville. He was speaking to a Louisville crowd, a bunch of people that he's comfortable with. I think a bunch of his friends and it happened to be recorded. Um, but he said the possibility of ending up at Louisville some point in his career is still there. And Bozich said it best that this is always going to happen because of him being a, a Louisville alum and the nature of the Louisville um, alum base, how they just keep going after that because they think he's a better option, which he is. He's much better in Satterfield. Um, we're happy to have him at Purdue. Brom mentioned how good Purdue has been to him, that it was very early in his time at Purdue when he was offered by Louisville last time. And circumstances change. I think that's a very honest answer. This guy still owns a home in Louisville. Um, he has deep, deep roots there. His entire family, I think many of them still have homes there, even though they work in God's country in West Lafayette. And this is Jeff just being honest. And let's be honest too. The 
the landscape of college football is changing. The landscape of college sports are changing. And I don't know where Purdue's going to go right now. Let's, let's address something. The NIL stuff, okay, it has been hit has rocked Purdue in a lot of ways. But the biggest and most recent one was Nigel Pack, who looked like he was a heavy Purdue lean a couple, you know, a month ago, month and a half ago. He ends up at University of Miami. You guys all know it. He gets an unprecedented amount of money for two years of playing at Miami. Good for him. I'm not going to begrudge the guy. But many people, including the NCAA, say that's a, um, that is a misuse of NIL to create a kind of a slush fund and use it as a recruiting tool. Miami's not the only school that's done it. There weren't enough rules set up. NCAA has now made a statement that they actually have rules around it and the rules existed before and they're going to try to uh, prosecute schools and programs according to the old rules about not using money to, as a recruiting tool. I don't know how they can do that legally. I really don't get that. I don't think that's right. People say these rules have always been in place, but at the same time, I'd say I don't think that the NCAA has a ton of legs to stand on. That's not unusual for the NCAA. They do what they do, which is uh, do things inconsistently, do things poorly. They, um, uh, they leave a lot to be desired. I'd, I'll say that. Um, but the NIL stuff, two, three months ago, Mike Babinski was saying Purdue's not going to have an NIL um, internal group that helps organize these things for students. And then they created a position of a person that will be ahead over the NIL. So Purdue has already changed its, um, its overall uh, direction regarding the NIL. But this is super fluid. And I can tell you that if this gets any filthier to me, if this gets any grimier, once again, PAC did nothing wrong, okay? I want to reiterate that. But a bunch of people in Miami took it right up to the edge of whatever these rules and regulations are and went through them and paid a kid to come to Miami. Now, you're dealing with, at that point, you're dealing with pro sports but without contracts. That's, to me, there's a missing piece. If NCAA is going to do this, they're going to have kids that are paid like pros. You have to have contracts to somewhat hold them in place. Somebody said this is the exact same thing as the NFL and NBA. No, it's not. Because those contracts are binding on the side of the players. They have to stay there when they sign a contract. Right now, Pat could go collect his money, and then he could leave. He come to, could come to Purdue. Think about that. Think about how crazy that is. And it could happen. Um, the whole point is the NCAA situation is fluid. We don't know what's going to be. And pretend for a second, let's say Purdue says, you know what, enough. We're not going to be involved in the NIL. And Babinski says, we're going to get rid of that, um, that wing of the athletic department, which I think they should get on board, honestly. If the rule is going to be there, it's going to be legal, you should get on board. But if they say, no, we're not going to do that, what would Jeff Brom do then? He's a guy who wants to coach at high level, if not college pro, because Anish talks about that all the time. That's where he thinks Brom will end up eventually. That's where he thinks that Brom wants to be. I don't know if that's true. I've never talked to him about that. But the... But if Brom says Purdue's not going to do it and the timing is right with Louisville, he'd be foolish not to at least entertain it if the money was there and the situation was there. His kids were older, obviously. Only one kid, I think, um, is, is young school-aged. Uh, I think his daughter's in middle school. So those, those factors all matter. They all matter. And Jeff Brom was really honest in that interview. I went a long way to explain my opinion on that. I don't have a problem with what Brom said personally because I think he's – being honest. I think that's good to see. I do have a problem with it as a Purdue fan because I hate it. <laughs> you know, I would like him to say, no, I, I'm rock solid at Purdue. But to say, to say it could never happen, I think that'd be a dumb move for him to, 
Um, this is still something that Mike Babinski is probably going to have to deal with at some point. And I don't think Satterfield is the answer at Louisville. And so until they find a coach that's good and solid and winning, Jeff Brom's name is going to keep coming back up. Now let's move on to basketball. Okay, we talked about Nigel Pack, how that affects Purdue. As of right now, May 14th, Purdue does not have an NIL, or not an NIL, pardon me. Purdue does not have a transfer coming in to play point guard or to be kind of a dynamic combo guard to replace Jaden Ivey and his role and to replace Eric Hunter. Let's not forget Travion Williams, Sasha Stefanovic, Eric Hunter, all graduated. None of the three decided to return. Trey's going to the pros. Sasha may go and entertain offers elsewhere, uh, Europe or something like that. And in the biggest curveball of all, Eric Hunter lands at Butler to play for Thad Mata. That was a lot of people, including me, didn't see that one coming. Um, I don't know how that worked. I don't know when, who told Hunter what. I, I really can't, I can't speculate too much. Some Purdue fans believe that the seniors were told, hey, we're not going to use the COVID year at Purdue. So at the end, this is it. And a lot of people think that um, Hunter said, okay, that's fine. But then at the, he said, you know what? I think I'd like to come back and play another year of college basketball. And Purdue was no longer available because Purdue was, or was no longer attractive, whatever, because Purdue was producing, uh, pursuing Pack and other players. Well, now the music has not stopped, but it's close to stopping. And Purdue looks like they're without a point guard. Um, they're surely without, well, Ethan Morton played point guard in high school. Let's first look at that. We have not seen evidence that Ethan Morton is ready to be a college point guard right now. Will he play point guard yet next year? Probably, because unless we see that transfer coming in. But the second part is Purdue's probably going to start uh, uh, Brandon Smith, Braden Smith, Braden Smith, pardon me. Uh, been a long time since I talked about this. They're probably going to start Smith at point guard right from the jump. Now let's do a little history. Let's go back a little bit. The last time Matt Painter started a freshman at point guard was 2008 with Lewis Jackson. Um, I think he started right off the jump. I think it was first game out. If my memory has served me correctly, I know he was he was well installed by the time the year turned his freshman year when he was December, January. He was starting uh, at that point full. And so I think there's a really, really good chance that Purdue will have a freshman starting a point guard come the beginning of next basketball season. That is suboptimal, as some would say. That is not uh, the situation I think that Matt Painter wanted. Is Purdue screwed because of this? No, they're not. But this year could have some growing pains as you look ahead to the 22-23 season. It definitely won't be like last year where they come out of the shoot and they are a team that's beating teams like dogs and, you know, scoring 100 points, this is not going to – the offense will not be that way. As I said in my last uh, quick cast talking about basketball, it's going to be a different year because you've lost some athleticism, you've lost some skill, you've lost multi-year starters. While it's not a full rebuild because there are a lot, a lot of guys on this team that can play the game, it is going to be a different set of circumstances, and I think there will be a some growing pains to start the season next year. Um I think since I last talked to you, uh, Zach Eady made it official, said he was not going to the NBA. If you don't know anything behind the scenes, I think Zach's got a pretty steady girlfriend. From what, I, from what I understand, that is a Purdue student, and that's awesome, and that's part of the equation. If you don't think that's part of the equation, you're nuts. And that's, those are the things that we all need to take into account when we look at potential transfers. What's the fit? What's happening with this kid's life? What are the people behind closed doors and behind him suggesting? 
These are things you can't know unless you're them. And these are the things that it's hard to figure out. When people tell you they've got it figured out and they know what this kid's going to do and they know what's coming in the future, they're lying to you. They don't. Unless they're the kid or unless they're their parents. And even in those cases, they don't know the whole thing. So that's about all I have. That's all I have to sound off on. If things come about that I learn uh, about football and basketball, if Jeff Brom has any more conversations about Louisville, if we hear anything about uh, transfers and NIL news, I'll try to sound off. But I'm going to probably wait longer than just jump on the stories right away. I'm not a hot take guy, not a quick take guy. But um, hey, also, um, if you're playing in the Tyler Trent golf outing, we're trying to put something together where we have some part in that. Um, we're excited about that. We're trying to figure that out, and hopefully we will be official on that, but we're trying to figure something out that right now. Uh, we want to have a part in it just because Tyler is such a good guy, and he was uh, he leaves such a great legacy um, for Purdue and for people of Christian faith and for people fighting cancer. He's just a, he's a, an emblem uh, as much as anything right now, uh, and uh, I like to honor his memory because he's a, he's a he was a great dude. So that's about it. Hope all is well with you. Um, God bless you. Hammer down. Well, we'll talk to you soon.